As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just some high-flying, ran fast vertical stems of professors from Penn watching eagles eat and pray like pazookies on birthdays. It's Philadelphia, Marissa Bowen, Zach kicking it. Cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose, it's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Marissa Bowen, Zach are here to squeeze. Don't miss the mistress talk on I don't call it the offseason. I call it the non-playing season. Is that what you say when people, you know, normies ask you about what you do in the offseason? You say it's the, not the offseason, it's the non-playing season? I don't correct them, but I'll call it the non-playing season. Okay. I'll feel like there's the playing season. The, the NPO. <laughs> yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Saturday morning. Bo Wolf, Marissa Dunn, Zach Berman. It is 1236. A.M. This is bright and early. This is bright and bushy-tailed, Zach. This is nothing. We got we're in we're in good shape. This is an hour and a half earlier than last night. It's good to see you. I love draft weekend. Love draft podcasts. Love talking about the draft. Love talking football. Let's get right to it. Yeah, we had an extended uh, Malcolm Gladwell discussion before uh, we hit record, which we can get into. Um, but listen, this is night two. This is the this is the tough part. This is the mud of the marathon of draft weekend, right? Night one, you got excited. Night two, like, oh, we've got a long day three to go. Plus, it's a noon start tomorrow. And so even though Zach, like, subjects himself to the two hours of sleep last night and won't even try to take a nap, he doesn't even have that option tomorrow. And so we got we to gotta work through this one. We got to manufacture the energy. We got to be the, the thermostat, not the thermometer, Zach. In everything you do, not just tonight, every day, right? Having- that was the least thermostat <laughs> in, in everything you do. Uh, I, I'm i a big fan of day two relative. So, so typically day one, you're not dealing with two draft picks. We were fortunate that we had two draft picks to, to discuss yesterday. But on day two, you usually have at least two picks to discuss. So there's... There's more players. Uh, I I find the second round always to be intriguing. The Eagles didn't draft in the second round tonight, yeah, so it was, a, it, was, it was a little different. But 
I find the, the second round to be like a real fertile area for finding good players. Well, speaking of fertility, Marissa, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. I did get a nap in today. Um, so that you. was very nice. Did you get one, Bo? Well, I don't know if that I got a nap as much as I got like the second sleep after I slept for okay. two or three hours, or whatever, in the basement. And oh. then as the kids were getting up, then I went upstairs to the to the bed and got a couple, probably two more hours. Okay. Yeah. That's something. I mean, about, better than Zach. He didn't get, he only got three hours of sleep. What did, what did you do, Zach? You, you got your, you got your two and a half and that was that? Yeah. Then I, I, I tried, I tried to fall, but yeah, I did have Celsius. I had apple prickly pear, which was a good combination. Which you liked. Uh, yes, I did. Uh, I, I, I tried to like decompress for an hour and it didn't work. What does work. that involve? What does that entail? What does that entail? It entails, Sitting down without my computer in front of me, but Mulaney <laughs> did not have. I did okay. not have, have have Mulaney, but I I I kept having thoughts that like I I wanted to look up or explore. So Tough to be so smart, you know, like <laughs> I mean, those, you those know. critical thinking skills never shut off. <laughs> yeah, okay. critical thinking is an important character. I did. I did. I do have to say. Uh, I thought, I thought you were, you know, you were, you were working through it tonight. You were, you were in, you were in good shape. You had all the energy. Uh, and then like, right as you were sending me your, your grades, the way you pulled back and looked at me was like, oh, I was like, Zach has just hit his line. He's like, he's just realized that he needs some sleep. No, I'm, I'm good. And I love doing the pod. I, I do enjoy the pod earlier in the day, but that's a, for a typical, that's for a different conversation. I think that face was more every time we had to walk like back and forth outside you get mm. soaked right so i was yeah. not now are you still it. wearing the same uh wet jacket that you were wearing earlier yeah or did you put I, on a new jacket no i literally got home and got <laughs> right into this chair i i have not i i, I have not passed go i've not collected 200 dollars. i have just i i got home ran right into this chair uh you know my, my hair is probably still wet from being outside so okay we have two picks to talk about uh, I have one uh, other Zach thing that I'd like to discuss, but we can we can hold that for uh, after we we start talking about these players. Uh, the Eagles made two picks mm -hmm. today. They started by trading down from sixty two, trading mm -hmm. down three spots to sixty five, picking up a sixth round pick and a seventh round pick in the process. Seemed like a very good little piece of business. Howie Roseman mentioned that. Um, you know, the team has had some success with those late round picks, which is true. I think more so than most teams, they've done a very good job in the sixth and seventh round extricating value. And he also mentioned that, you know, there's, there's something to be said for the scouts spending all their time, uh, on the road all year. They get to come in on day three and know they have four picks instead of two picks, give them a little bump. I think that's, I think that's good. I also think just process wise, getting two picks for moving down three spots. Is, is good business. Um, it's not like they missed a guy that they were necessarily targeting. Exactly. Yet. Yeah. Um, so good job. And then they had back-to-back -back picks. So you thought that maybe they would trade down from one of those two picks and pick up some more mid-round capital if they could, but it seemed like uh, they didn't want to do that. And they took Alabama offensive lineman Tyler Steen with the first of those two picks and Illinois safety Sidney Brown with the second of those two picks. Zach, why don't we start with Steen who uh, I'm, I am sort of thinking about this and, and tell me if you disagree with 
The steam pick was we need an offensive lineman. We think we need an offensive lineman for depth purposes, maybe a future guard. He is the best offensive lineman available. Whereas with Sidney Brown, it was like, boy, do we love this guy. We fell in love with this guy. We need to take this guy. But let's start with Steve. Well, uh, no, to your point, uh, and and we could just give a quick big picture overview because I, I think the way you framed it does make sense. And I would say this is more, this was more of a scout and develop day than a consensus day. In, and what I mean by that is the two picks they made on Thursday night were almost obvious picks to make. And Howie Roseman said, even the first round, they're like organizational decisions, right? There, there's so much mm. that, that, that goes into it. But, but the picks were fairly clear. Where the Eagles were picking tonight and the players that they picked tonight, frankly, it wasn't like, man, you need to take this guy here or else. Uh, both players were drafted higher than consensus big board rankings, right? Uh, both players were drafted higher than Dane Brugler's rankings. So I think Steen was about level with 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 consensus. I, I think he was a little. I, I mean, he was he was what ninety three on on Dane's big board, and then I have to look up the consensus rankings. Uh, but but I think he was. They, well, I they do. Get, I, I think that now now just just to, to go deep on the the offensive line. So Dewan Jones would have been the consensus top guy there, but he went completely undrafted. Yes. So there's some kind of disconnect between mm-hmm. what the league knows about him or what or what they think they know about him and what people thought from the outside whether that's medical or or something else. But I think that that Steen was sort of seen as the drop off there and the round mm-hmm. plays out that way. Steen goes sure. at 65. There is not another offensive lineman who goes off the board exactly until Wanya Morris at 92. And then there's only uh, one other offensive lineman, and that's the center, Ricky Stromberg, who goes at 97. So there are only three offensive linemen taken in the entire third round. I think the Eagles sort of viewed Steen as, as like the last guy who was, who was worthwhile there. Yes. Yeah. So on, on a reefs consensus, big board, he was 94. Uh, so you're, yeah, he's, he went higher than a little that, bit, yeah. but, but if you point, sort of take into account from that, a positional pro- and that exactly. Dewan Jones didn't go that, that he would then get pushed up. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, look in offensive line. It, I'll, so we're starting with Steen. Let's, yeah, let's talk about, let's talk about the player. And this, this might be a simplistic way to view it. I think Jeff Stoutland has earned the benefit of the doubt when it comes to evaluating offensive linemen. Uh, when it comes to drafting offensive linemen. They have a good record in drafting, developing. Every player on their offensive line, except for Jason Kelsey, was drafted or signed by you know Jeff Stoutland. And Kelsey's been here for a decade of Jeff Stoutland. So we'll give him you know credit there too. And uh, they've this- literally like they've never had a bust offensive yeah. lineman under like guys drafted under Stoutland. Everybody has worked out like has outperformed their draft status basically except for Dillard, but but there were circumstances associated with that except Um, for the guy that took the highest yeah (laughs) um no so so the way i see it with him is 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 this really strikes me as a jack driscoll type pick what's up josh i appreciate you watching um for the audio listeners for the audio josh Josh zb powered by celsius yes um 
So I, I want to be powered by whatever Josh is. Uh, so I'll say that that it's a Jack Driscoll type pick, and Jack Driscoll was push-ups were, and uh, and and ball. That's what he's powered by. Yeah, I can't dunk, so I want to be. I, I want what he has. Um, Dr- uh, Driscoll was a fourth was a fourth round pick, so that's where a difference. You're looking top of the third round, and frankly, they they traded down from the, from the bottom of the second round. Um, but but Driscoll played offensive tackle in college uh, because of arm length, kind of got moved inside. That's what the Eagles are, are thinking with Steen. I mean, it, it, if you look at just the, the starting experience he has, four years starting between Vanderbilt and Alabama, you look at the track record of Alabama left tackles, the three tackles before him were all first-round picks, Evan Neal, Alex Leatherwood, Jonah Williams. Uh, Jeff Stoutland has strong connections to Alabama. So all of them potentially uh, disappointments in the pros, however. But. Um, so, so in, well, I will, I, I don't think Evan Neal, did you say Evan Neal's been a disappointment? I think he had a bad rookie year. I mean, it was only okay. one year, but. Okay. Uh, so I, I think that in Steen's case, yeah, you're trusting Stoutland. And this is the third year that the Eagles have used their top pick on, on, on day two on an offensive lineman. And the past two times, they kind of looked ahead. It didn't work that way with Landon Dickerson, but you figured this might be Brandon Brooks's last year. Dickerson could take over for him. Uh, last year, Cam Jurgens. You figured it might be Jason Kelsey's last year. Cam Jurgens can take over thereafter. We're both expecting Cam Jurgens to be the starting right guard this year. Well, let's if, talk about this briefly. Do you yeah, think so, there's any chance that that Steen is is like going into camp competing for that job head to head, or do you think he's being yeah. groomed right away to be sort of a versatile backup? Yeah, I mean, I mean, my expectation for him this year is is versatile backup this year and then starting right guard candidate, strong candidate in 2024. That said, like I'm I'm less sold on Jurgens at right guard than you've seemed to be. I think uh, it's done and dusted. I think Jurgens is the yeah. right guard. Yes, he's gonna yeah. be he's gonna be the day one of training camp right guard, and he's and no one else is ever gonna t- like barring injuries. No one else is taking a rep there all camp long. That's what I think is gonna happen. And and what I'm asking is 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 there a chance barring that he's not good there, or or are you like utterly convinced he's gonna be good there? I'm convinced that uh, that Stoutland thinks he will be good there, and that's all that matters. Because even in in 2020, uh, when Andre Dillard was set to be the left tackle, you know he got hurt, right? But even in camp, you were like, "Ooh, uh, is this really going to work out?" Yeah, right? that's fair. And so you don't know if if that's. If, but I'm more you, bullish on him than yeah, I was on Dillard. Yeah, exactly. So, so I'm I'm with you there in terms okay, of we're gonna uh, we're gonna go ahead and block this guy who's uh, who's being horny on Maine in the chat. Um, I put him in timeout at least. Okay. So I blocked uh, him. <laughs> thank you. So I'm expecting Jurgens to be the right guard. I, I think that you you have Steen in this Jack Driscoll role this season. And then if Kelsey retires, and we've been talking about if Kelsey retires for a few years, Jurgens bounces inside, and you hope that Steen can be your starting right guard in 2024. Certainly the 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 65th pick in the draft. You're hoping can become a starting caliber player for you, right? That's you know, I mean, if yeah, no doubt. If he yeah. if he is not, if if we if we stipulate that this is Jason Kelsey's last year, you know, if Seen is not a starter next year, that's a it's it's yeah. a disappointment. It's you're hoping the underwater. floor is Jack Driscoll, right? You're you're hoping the floor is your 
you know, a, a swing guard tackle who can be a spot starter for you, but you're probably looking to draft over him for your full-time starter. That's what you're hoping the floor is. And you're hoping the, the ceiling or the best case scenario is, uh, is Isaac Sayamalu, right? Is a guy who was a third round pick for the Eagles who becomes a, a two contract player for you. Right. I mean, that was a really yeah. good outcome in the, in the, in the third round, but that's, that's the way you're probably thinking with this third round pick. So uh, again, I don't know as much. Uh, I, I will defer to Jeff Stalin. I think he's earned the benefit of the, of the doubt there. I didn't really know how to grade it. Like I was kind of looking at, you know, big board rankings. And then I'm looking at what's there. I'm wondering, could you have traded down and still taken him? But, but this was considered a bad tackle draft yeah. class after there the seems top to be a guys. big gap yeah between exactly between him and then you know your your blake freelands of the world who are much more speculative um the book on steen as you said you know he started vanderbilt his first year he was a defensive lineman then they moved him to right tackle where he started uh for his entire redshirt freshman year played uh, left tackle his next two years then transferred to alabama for his senior year the second team all sec uh, as you said, he's not, you know, he's a five-year player, but he's not super old. He'll be 23 in June. Uh, the reason that he is sort of projected as a guard is he does have short arms. Mm -hmm. uh, relatively that, speaking. Relatively <laughs> speaking, um, which were like, you know, eighth percentile for tackles. He otherwise tested pretty well at the combine for his size. Uh, he went to the senior bowl and played primarily guard. Mm -hmm. And uh, all reports are that he was pretty impressive down there. Uh, and showcase the versatility that you thought might be theoretical, and, and maybe it's a little bit more in practice. So I think that's, uh, I think that's what, you know, the Eagles are 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 banking on is that this guy can can potentially fill in, and as you said, mm -hmm. sort of be like Jack Driscoll, but a little bit better, and maybe yeah. more like solidly starter caliber. Exactly. So yeah, I think uh, like as you evaluate the pick. I think you're right. You sort of have to give Stoutland the benefit of the doubt on on picking these guys, and obviously you believe that he can develop them mm -hmm. as best uh, as best as they can. He doesn't have like the outlier traits that you might have thought that Stoutland exactly. prefers. Yes, um, it seems more like a you know like a, a base hit mm -hmm. than a swing for the fences. 100. percent That yeah, exactly. I That's think why the, I struggled with the grade. Yeah, and I think I think the only thing that you would you would nitpick is you know. How desperate were you to were, were you to add an offensive lineman here? Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I think I, I think there is the fear of offensive line injury torpedoing this yep. promising season. You want to have some insurance. Um, it's not necessarily like you have other you know need positions, but you know, would you would a running back here have made a higher impact on? on the season over his rookie or the next few seasons over the rookie contract would, uh, you know, a wide receiver have added some juice to, to the offense or uh, would a linebacker have been able to step in and start right away or, or a cornerback um, adding to the depth. I don't know. It's, it's, it is as Howie Roseman said tonight, it is the organizational emphasis. This is how they want to build the team. This is how they've gotten in this place to begin with. So you can, you can say like, do what you got to do. That's fine. It's hard. It's hard to like, it's hard to get upset about this pick. I think it's a, a totally, yeah. totally viable option and uh, like fits what they, what they do. Yes. And 
to follow up to that too, you're not drafting again until the sixth round, right? So it, it's really hard to find a tackle. Well, that's in the sixth what you round. could. Yeah, you, you know, could trade back. Is, is what I'm saying. Is that right? Exactly. exactly. Like, so, the, um, so that's and that's, I guess you're also evaluating the, the trade back that they did make within mm -hmm. the pick, and I think that was good business. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if they took Steen three picks earlier, yeah, right. he, he clearly was going to be there three picks later. And and you don't know, like there there wasn't this massive run on offensive tackles, like you said a, a few moments ago either. So could they have, have traded back a little more? Maybe so. Maybe someone else would have liked Steen. Uh, that's why I, I don't like uh, in, the, in the third round last year, I was I was saying, man, they got Nicobe Dean. Right. This is this is such a great pick, that kind of thing. I'm I'm not saying that about Steen. I don't think it's a bad pick. I'm not like, whoa, is this Curtis Marsh? No, I, I think I feel bad that Curtis oh, Marsh is catching Marsh a stray. I didn't cover Curtis Marsh. I was just thinking of like a third round wow. pick when people were like, What are they doing here? Poor guy. <laughs> uh I I view it as 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 yeah, this is an important position. They probably pushed the position up on the board. Jeff Stoutland can scout them but we thought they were going to come out with an offensive lineman and they came out with an offensive lineman uh just for the record for the uh you know to think about it forever for the for the donahoe fans the uh the three players who went in the interim between uh when they traded down and when they picked tyler steen uh the texans moved into the spot for juice scruggs who mm -hmm. uh one Center. of my favorite names in the draft but a guy who was consensus like a fifth round pick they're trading up for him. Uh, so that's good business by them. Uh, then Marvin Mims. Your guy. I uh, love Marvin Mims. Your uh, boy. He, he goes to Denver. And then yours. at the top of the third round is uh, South Carolina defensive tackle Zach Pickens with uh, two C's. So there you go. I don't think I don't think any of those guys are, are keeping the Eagles up at night. So as a, as a shout out to Daniel Gallon, who says shout out to says shout out to Juice. Love a Danny Gallon. Go Terps. Um, all right. Anything else on Steen? Anything else that we heard from uh, Howie Roseman or Nick Sirianni about Steen that you thought was notable? Steen has a, an interesting backstory. He's from Miami, that area, military family. Uh, father, I'm sorry, his grandfather won a Medal of Honor. Um, very impressive. So uh, we spoke to Tyler Steen. Yeah. He, I mean, not just. I mean, he he, he fell he, on a grenade. He, he, he fell on a grenade. He yes, put a, he, wow. he sacrificed his sacrificed life for his, his life. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Not just not just any old, you know, any old medal. It's a medal of honor, so it's not any old medal. Uh, but no, no, I mean, very. Uh, I mean, he he went to Vanderbilt, graduated from Vanderbilt, so that's that's an outstanding school. So uh, looking forward to meeting him in person. But but good size, quick. The athleticism's there. I mentioned the Driscoll six, six, thing. Six three twenty one. Yeah, I mentioned the Driscoll thing because of the, of of the arms. And again, I'm going back to Stalin here. Don't think it was an amazing pick. Don't think it was a bad pick. I I I thought it was a a solid pick that they get the benefit of the doubt for. Yeah, I think that's fair. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's move on to uh, what was the much more interesting pick, mm-hmm. I think, of these two of these two picks. Again, you thought that maybe they would consider moving down here because they didn't have a lot of uh, mid round capital, but they stick and uh, they they make a very interesting selection. That as opposed to Tyler Steen, who is very much within uh, like the Howie Roseman ethos, take a take a, a meat and potatoes offensive lineman on day two, work ahead. That's what we know uh, to expect. Instead, they take safety Sidney Brown in the third round. This is the highest they have selected a safety since Jaquan Jarrett in the second round in 2011. Mm-hmm. Howie Roseman has talked before about um, the difficulty of evaluating safeties out of college. It's not just an Eagles problem. This is a, a league-wide problem. You could argue that the league is probably worse at drafting safeties than any other position aside from maybe quarterback, uh, which just just gets artificially thrown up the board to begin with. So um, it's a very difficult pro- position to project. Obviously, it's a it's a it's a need for the Eagles. You know, right now they'd be starting Reed Blankenship and Terrell Edmonds at, at safety. So how he acknowledged that, you know, it's an it was a need. So they had to evaluate it. I'll give you his his exact answer if I can pull it up here. He said uh, the important thing for us. Oh, no, hold on. Uh, I think the first part is we still need safeties, right? So we've got to evaluate them. And obviously for us, when I talked about that, referencing uh, it being difficult, I was talking about the specific usage. When you look at Sydney, the way they used him at Illinois, they used him at a lot around the box. He would blitz, he'd cover a tight end, he'd play in the run game. So he kind of had an incomplete evaluation. Then at the Senior Bowl, uh, they did a tremendous job, gave us an opportunity to see him being a post player, playing in the deep path, playing on one-on-ones. You saw the athleticism, and I think that really helped complete our process. So that's the evaluation of Sidney Brown. As opposed to, as you talked about, like the consensus picks of last night, Jalen Carter, top guy on the board, if he's on your board, Nolan Smith, top guy on the board, even Tyler Steen, if you're saying top guy on the offensive line board, you pick him off. Sidney Brown is, depending on whether uh, you classify Brian Branch as a safety or not, he was either the first or second safety drafted. Exactly. Yep. And uh, on the consensus big board, you know, on Arif Hassan's uh, consensus big board, he would have been the fourth safety on Dane Brugler's uh, beast. He was the 10th mm-hmm. safety. Uh, so you're going out on a limb mm-hmm. a little bit to, to say, you know, sort of puff your chest out, say we have evaluated this better than everybody else. We think that this guy is the best safety available. Um, and so like process wise, you know, that's a bit of a, a concern for me, right? Like that's generally speaking, not great process um, to, to think that you know better than other teams. So that's one way to think about it. On the other hand, you know, Howie Roseman talked about this for them was, as he has explained, a, a red star player. 
And what that means is um, on the Wednesday before the draft, uh, they go around the room, all the scouts who have you know spent their entire year evaluating these players, evaluating these prospects, evaluating them as people, um, they have to put their name like on one guy who in their estimation checks every box, meaning that on the field, you, they can do everything. They're good leaders. You know, they were team captains. They did very well in the athletic testing process. They are not, there are no medical issues. Uh, they are like what we want as a Philadelphia Eagle. And there are guys up and down the draft board at every sort of level. And for, for them, Sidney Brown was one of those guys. This is a guy who people in the building absolutely loved. And there's probably a little bit of risk that like you could overvalue that mm -hmm. you could artificially push that up the board. But I also think when you're the guy in charge and you have these people who are doing the job all year long, mm -hmm. there is something to be said for listening to those people when they have real conviction. And so I, I like, I respect the pick. I think it, it makes sense to me. We can talk more specifically about the player. Uh, and what he brings to the table. But just in terms of the process, it's a little bit like um, evening the scales for me on, I don't, I don't love going out on a limb to pick a position that's difficult to project. But I also think like, at some point you got to listen to your people. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, I don't know, it's, it, it, it makes sense to me. I am, I am okay with what seems otherwise like a bit of a reach. Uh, so I, I lean more toward the latter of what you said. I like conviction in the draft. I I recognize you need to have a dose of skepticism, or or I would say more than a dose of of skepticism and humility to know that right we're that they're humans. We're all humans evaluating humans, right? So there's gonna be human error involved. But I I like to hear the the conviction in a player and. When you find someone and you say, "This is our guy," like this is this is the one that we believe in as a group. This is the one that we're willing to stake. You know, it's a little high. It's hyperbole to say stake our reputations on, but 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 like we're going out on a limb and saying this is the safety that we want on the team. I respect that, and I I said to you as as we were walking away, it reminds me a lot of of what I heard about. Avante Maddox in 2018 that they just really liked this guy and they mm. wanted this player, this personality in the building. At that point, they were willing to like like to overlook some you know maybe shortcomings here. Uh, in terms of they took, the, him, they took him over Josh Sweat. Yeah, in terms of type of safety, I tend to like the cornerback safety high, like the slot safety hybrid. Mm. Someone who's who's maybe a little more or a little less tight-hipped, rather, in, in in terms of the, the scouting reports of him, who have who has that versatility. Uh, you know, I I like the the corners who moved over who move over to safety. You see that a lot now too, obviously. Uh, but if they have conviction of him in him, the college production is terrific, right? I mean, you're looking at someone who was uh, second team All American last year. Right, started over fifty games in college. Uh, well, no. exactly fifty games. Okay, fifty games. His uh, led the Big Ten in in, in interceptions, uh, and 
the athletic testing is good. You know, you know, checkbox is there. Uh, you know, his his jumping ability jumps off to you. That's that's something that the Eagles value. But yeah, you're making a, a projection from the way he played at Illinois to the way he's going to play in the NFL, and there is there is risk associated in, in in that. But I guess I was I was swayed to a degree by their conviction because like this is somebody that they want to go out on on the, on the limb and get. And I also think there's something to be said for like if you really think you need a safety, mm-hmm. and I was sort of poking around at the press conference about whether this was like a Sean Desai pick because he's coming in, he's installing a new scheme. He is a safeties expert, right? That was his position. Uh, I was wondering if he was like putting his thumb on the scale for the safety that he wants. I didn't get that impression from Howie Roseman's answer. It sounded more like this was a scout, like a scouts guy, right? Um, Even though they were taking into account, you know, what the Desai defense is going to look like. Um, but I think there's something to be said for like if we if we think we need a, a safety to step in and and be like a, a relatively impact player, we want the guy that we want, right? Um, and so this was obviously the guy that they wanted. I, I think that's okay. Um, in terms of the profile, I actually really like the profile. You know, I'm not gonna pretend that I've I've crushed the, the film on Sidney Brown, but I I I always think there's something to be said for at positions like safety and linebacker, where it's so much about reading things that like and i'll and i'll give your boy a little nod here zach like the 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 gladwellian ten thousand hours of starting experience uh of seeing things and you know being able to play fast i think matters and i think there's some correlation behind that if you look into it uh and the guy started for five years he started 50 of his 51 games um he's not he's not super old he just just turned 23 uh which is fine um I, I like the profile and, you know, obviously they did their homework on the player uh, or on the person. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that plays out. I, I do like, I'm a little bit skeptical because it's a little bit away from consensus. Um, he's like a touch short. He's, he's five, nine and three quarters. Touch but he's short, like a rock. He's, 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 okay. he's a rocked up to 11. Uh, he tested very well in the pre-draft process. Uh, so you can understand why, why, you know, he was given a red star. He's, he, he has checked all of these boxes. Um, I am excited to see him in training. Yeah, me too. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm excited to see this guy on the field and see what they love so much about him. Yeah. That's that's sort of how I feel about it. I agree. Now, in your worst case mock draft, you had Antonio Johnson as the second round pick. You were yeah, you were low on Antonio Johnson. Uh, they had their pick- and I'll tell you what though, I, it was less about Antonio Johnson than it was about sort of doing this, doing this. which okay. was putting your chest out saying we think this guy's the best yeah. safety. When there's not a lot of evidence that like teams can identify yeah. who the best safeties are, and, and so that's why I'm, I'm I am a little bit wary. And this was considered a bad safety class, yeah. Right? It, you know, you're you're taking him around the range that Kyler Duggar at went, or around the range that Jeremy Chin went, right? Uh, in yeah. that back half of the second, who they were interested in, right? Yeah, top we, we half of yeah. the third. But I'm saying those players were more like uh high high picks well, no not Kyle, I, I think Kyler Duggar was an earlier pick so I, I, Duggar was I think mid round two yeah he okay. went before Chin Chin yeah. went late round two. yeah so I mean but uh I mean Sidney Brown was was not a player I think there was who people would have said this is the top safety 
in the class or the second best safety in the class, depending on the way you you uh, categorized Brian Branch. And there were other guys who were interesting. You know, the Penn State guy, Jair Brown, um, is was was there. I mean, if if you wanted to wait a bit, Alabama's Jordan Battle has a lot of experience. Georgia's Christopher Smith. If you want to go back to that Georgia well, uh, I mean, uh, there were there were. I did think Battle might might make sense for that. Yeah, but... J, uh, JL Skinner. If you wanted a bigger type guy, uh, there were there were corners who could go over. I mean, I. I, I'm not doing well. I'm doing the shadow draft in the sense that uh, I'm not writing it the way you are, but I'm 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 being mindful of the decisions that I would have made. I would have gone Keely Ringo at that pick as a corner, as a 20 year old corner with starting experience, with height, weight, speed, and the, he's still on the board. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so the, yeah. the league clearly has a much different evalu uh, evaluation than I did there. I I think I. He, there must be an injury thing with him, sure. Because otherwise, the profile is, yeah. is too good for him to go undrafted. And I wonder if there's like a. Uh, do you, there used to be a thing with the the Alabama players that like they played. They were all a little bit banged up. They played so many games that it was like there were all these knocks on these guys medical wise. I wonder if that like you know Darnell Washington fell, Ringo still on the board. I wonder if there's something to that. Well, the Eagles should hope that's not the case because their top two picks went there. Yeah. Um, so. Yes, yeah, so this is this was also not considered a, a good safety class. That's also the interesting thing is that if if you were to stack positions, the two positions that they took tonight were considered two of the weaker positions in the draft this year. That's a good point. So uh, you're you're getting relatively depressed value compared to other years, but again, that doesn't mean that you're not getting good players. You're just really uh, trusting your evaluation. But it's also like they still they took who they thought was the best or second best safety on the board. That's right? my so, point. Exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 But, uh, um, but but I'm I'm saying, is it the type of thing where, you know, it's like when a team needs a quarterback in a year when when the quarterbacks aren't, aren't that good? Right. Are you talking yourself into are you saying this is right. the best quarterback we can get? Yeah, I think that's yeah. a real concern. Yeah, because yeah. They, they they know they needed a safety. Right. And right. I don't think they drafted for need, but I, I think they they looked at the safeties this year and they found one that, 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 that they could all get around here. Mm. Yeah. There's one other thing that at play here. And, you know, you think about um, all the guys who got hired for head coaching jobs because they had like, you know, met Sean McVay one time. Um, and you have to wonder how much of a role it played here for the Eagles that Sidney Brown in his past, has spent time with Michael and Marissa Dunn. <laughs> Let's get to that. I thought you were going to something serious there. <laughs> this is serious. This is the this shine. Is I mean, no wonder. <laughs> I mean, we met him at the Combine. He is part of the same agency as Michael, um, along with his brother, Chase. Um, so Michael was so impressed by him. Um, they had a great conversation one night at dinner, and uh, he just seems like such a good guy. Like everything you're saying, like hitting on that red star. Um, so yeah, very happy for them, obviously. Um, and they come from, you know, they had a tough upbringing um, and they both like, I mean, it, it's an awesome story. So I definitely was very excited when I saw that pick come across the board. So I, I, um, I'm definitely rooting for him. 
for sure. I think that evaluation carries more weight than evaluations that, that you might get otherwise. And the reason I say that it's, it's like when they say it, you know, when a scout goes into a school, you want to talk to the cafeteria worker and you want to talk to the custodian, because if you're just talking to people who, who like they are naturally going to play themselves up to the head coach, the captain of the team, right? So uh, you might not get a full, you might not get who the person really is. If he's yeah. sitting at the dinner table with Yeah, Michael. and it was like a giant table. There was a yeah. lot of people. It wasn't like this, you know, and had great conversation yeah. with Michael. He made sure to say goodbye when he was leaving. Like, nice to meet you. Great manners. So, um, yeah, very, very impressed by that. Yeah, to go to a, another Malcolm Gladwell thing, Bo. Um, he values regular, uh, he values typical performance over optimum performance, like what you are all the time on a, on a, on a regular basis, more than what you are at your best. And the example with Michael would be an example of typical performance relative to optimum performance. I don't think there's anything typical about Michael Dunn. How dare you? <laughs> well, I do have a, a few questions in the chat because this red star thing is very interesting. Yeah. People want to know if. Um, the Eagles have drafted another red star player. Yeah, they have. And who is, who is it? So Devonte Smith was a red star player for uh, them. Landon but he Dick said they've got, you know, yeah. he said they've got like 14 guys on the roster yeah. who are so oh, red stars. And, okay. And it's not, it's there's, but, red, they didn't, but they didn't like name. He mentioned Devonte Smith. He mentioned Landon okay. Dickerson. Uh, and actually my understanding is Dickerson doesn't fit the profile because there were the medical concerns, but he didn't mention medical. In his red star thing, he said, okay. "I I would imagine that's part of the process." Now he, he the idea is that like this guy checks every box. Uh I don't I don't know if the medical would be because I of course it would though. I mean, he didn't say it, but of course it would be a okay. part of the thing. He didn't say it, but of course it would be part of the thing. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, the, here's From what, what red I star understand is. of of the meaning of it. Here, okay. So this so this is what. But it he's is. he's speaking con contemporaneously. Yeah. I mean, extemporaneously yeah. rather. He's not, yeah. he's not like reading off of a definition. Sure, but okay. So red star player, what does that mean? That's the question. Quote Howie Roseman. That's a guy who who kind of exemplifies what it means to be an Eagles. What's great character, captain, testing numbers, intelligent, plays the way it should be played, practices the way it, it, it should be played. We sit there the day before the draft and we do the Wednesday night, right? We, we, we did that Wednesday. We go around the room. And we give every scout a chance to stamp their red star on guys. Goes back. It's a long tradition, not only here, but a couple of other places that people have have, have, have been. And when we're, when we're looking at the draft board, we have a red star on the guys. And Jeffrey, a lot of time goes, I'm sorry, a lot of times will go, hey, don't forget. And, and we're deciding between these two guys. That's a red star. Right. And then he mentioned right. Devontae. He mentioned Landon Dickerson. He said, I could probably go down 15 red stars. We like our Red Star guys because they're passion players for us. Sure. Yeah. I don't think I didn't mean I didn't hear anything in there that means medical is definitely not a part of it. But I didn't say no, but you're like, of course medical's a part of it. I didn't well, I feel, I feel like I feel like that. definitely a part of it. I think it's I think the idea is that this guy like checks every box. Um and you're putting your, you know, you're 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 it sounds like a really fun, like I'd love to be just like in the room for the, like the energy around that process. Like that must be so fun. Like, go, like, this is your guy, go put yeah. your star on this guy. Well, like, yeah, that I mean, sounds like, that sounds so fun. 
it, it would be like if if the athletic was evaluating, they would make you their red star guy. Please, please. I, I, no, seriously. We, uh, I don't think that is the case. They 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 put you in company Com- newsletters. They they put you in company. You got it, this company newsletter thing. You have got <laughs> to lose you it. it was like they have you giving presentations to the break. entire company. Like it's it's uh, uh oh God, you're one of their so red ridiculous. star players. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I feel like it, it carries a lot of weight though. Like now, yeah. like going into that locker room, and I, Brown knows like he's a red star. Yeah. I mean, mm. like he obviously has the character, but like now I feel like he's like, I got to live up to my red. You know, star poor Tyler Steen is like, like oh, I didn't get a red star. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I do wonder if, wait, I do. Wait, real I do quick, wonder if there is like, there is, there is some kind of concern of like your artifact, like these guys maybe get pushed up the board too much, but it makes sense. You want to get the guys you love. So like, the, the the medical thing i was going to bring that up because that's actually one there's one line in it. now he he missed time over his career at illinois but mm-hmm. there was a line in in dane's beast where he said scouts say he has a history of concussions mm-hmm. uh so so that's something that uh it's a, at least something it's at least something to be mindful of okay yeah that's fair um now chance for them to get his brother too that would be a great story zach Mm. (laughs) spread out your hundred turkeys here zach between between these three possibilities for week one your starting safeties are sydney brown and reed blankenship your starting safeties are sydney brown and terrell edmonds your starting safeties are reed blankenship and terrell edmonds 30 40 30 And and what's the 40? The middle one is Edmonds and Brown. Okay. I think I would go. And it's interesting because it does seem like all of these guys are like slightly more box players than Mm -hmm. post players. Uh, And I can hear Deniz yelling in my ear that uh, there's probably no such thing in this defense as a box safety and a post safety. There's just left and right and they're interchangeable. Uh, but at least in terms of their skill sets, that seems to be the case. Um, I think I would go. I think I would go Brown Blankenship. I knew you were going to do that. Yeah. 33. Oh. Brown Edmonds. 35. And then what do I got left? 32? 32 on on okay. <laughs> on uh on Brown or no Blankenship Edmonds. Okay. I think it's I think it's like this is the this is the the like the main attraction of training camp battles. This is gonna be yeah. one on the field. I That's think. not what I I thought you would be so pro Blankenship Brown and anti Edmonds. Uh yeah, I mean I can like what what exactly did they pay him? You can look that up. I I like Edmonds. I look at Edmonds comparable. Uh, uh, he he reminds me of twenty twenty one Anthony Harris, right? Like an experience. I mean, they gave him two million dollars with six hundred thousand guaranteed. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be Brandon Blankenship now. You're so. High I think on Edmonds might not make the team. You're so high on Blankenship. I mean, I've seen more from Blankenship. Mm-hmm. He was good last year, but I don't know. 
I think I think anyone who I I think the betting I think the Vegas odds and you know that they've got these you know right away (laughs) is uh, is probably Edmonds and and Brown. If there's anyone who can scope it out during camp, I know it's you. Yeah, you you know when when you continue to gas me up like this, it comes off as false. It's and Jimmy is really the defending champ of the king of the beats, right? Is that what we call it? You know what, Marissa, I don't need that from you tonight. (laughs) Because, <laughs> because Jimmy has taken uh, a big lead in oh. Duck Duck Juice draft. Uh, now, wow, how do you like if Jimmy wins two games? Well, like, the interesting thing about in the, Duck Duck, year? the Duck Duck Juice draft is that it's it's very first timer friendly. Mm. Uh, Zach okay. won in his first time. I won in my first time. Jimmy's probably going to win in his first time. The only one who didn't win in their first time was Shield. Something to be said there. Uh, I'm jealous of Shield. Jimmy and Zach entered the day with seven points for uh, defensive end and defensive tackle. Uh, Jimmy had safety, so he's going to get some points there. Now, Jimmy also had interior offensive line, and I have tackle. They they announced him as guard. Yeah. He was announced as a guard. He played college at tackle. We We already talked about this. It's going to be where he lines up first. In minicamp. In minicamp. Yeah. The okay. first time we get to I'm lay glad we eyes clarified. on him at a position, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I could steal the points there. If not, Jimmy's running away with this bad boy. Um, so I don't like that threshold it. there because a lot of minicamp, it's about numbers. If Lane Johnson doesn't show that's, up at minicamp. That's true, too. Right? That's you very know, true. They need guys who can play tackle snaps. They might be like. Okay, but we've already, we've already made the rules. They, they announced him. As the but I feel like with the guard, if he if they're gonna like you know want him to be like the first first interior guy in or whatever, I think they're gonna get him to be playing interior. Like I think he'll be lining up at guard. I don't think they'll like. I would think so too, him. but, think but we've already made the rules here, move. so we have to. We can't change the rules now that now that the pick has been made. Bo is a big changing rules guy. Like <laughs> Zach's trying to take credit for predicting the Eagles are gonna draft Nolan Smith at ten. As if, like, he nailed that pick. No, for picking Nolan uh, Smith. So I, Jimmy's doing well there. Wait, 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 wait. You can't just throw a stray at me and not give me a chance to defend myself. Go um, ahead. I predicted that the Eagles would draft Nolan Smith. They drafted Nolan Smith. Therefore, it's an yeah. accurate prediction. The whole thing is about Jimmy's. Jimmy is keeping track of everybody's Eagles predictions over the past few years. There are a couple people who have gotten their first round pick correct. And I got their first round pick correct. They drafted Zach, Nolan Smith in the first this round. Such a bad faith argument. They drafted Nolan Smith in the first round. But that's not what he's. That's not what he's. He's tracking. He's tracking the first pick. There's such a difference between ten and thirty. You know. You do not believe in your heart that you were correct about that. They didn't draft Nolan Smith at ten. They drafted him with their second pick. That's a huge difference. Uh, what's the? So it's all a matter of degree. It's like the. You know. It's. <laughs> So this I say is, half point. Zach, this is beneath you. I, think First of, I don't care that credit. much about I'm like, like you're allowed to adjudicate the it's like tomato tomato. You can say the way no, you no, want. no. You were really going to bat at this with no with uh with <laughs> well, Elliot and I at were the, discussing it. I, I really it's it's not a big deal to me. I'm not I'm not trying I'm it not, seems like a pretty big deal. Bo, I swear on my life, it's not a big deal to me. It was just a conversation Elliot and I were having. You cannot take credit for that. I cannot take credit for predicting that they would draft Nolan Smith. 
and they draft as their first Smith? pick. Yes, as their first pick. That was your prediction. That was wrong. I, I mean, didn't Shield get credit for drafting Jack Driscoll? I, I, I don't think he had him in the fourth round. That's a different game. <laughs> I That's how we know. That's a different game. Sorry about that. <laughs> All right. Get your game straight. Yeah. Uh, uh, Turkeys of the Kingdom, I'm still kicking your butt. I'm going to win that. <laughs> and the Alley you know draft, I'm still winning. I have two uh, correct picks. But uh, with all with four picks in round six and seven, all it takes is probably one person to get hit here, uh, and they can steal it. So yeah. uh, you've got Anthony Johnson and Israel Abaconda, Abaconda uh, who are still on the board. Uh, Shield has Braden Daniels, Jaquel and Roy, and I think that's it. I've got uh, Addy Atabaraway, who's still available, mm-hmm. Xavier Hutchinson, Keely Ringo, who's still Keely Ringo, who's still available, Henry To'o To'o, Brandon Hill, and Cameron Mitchell. So looking good for me, but all it takes is one steal there. There you go. Uh, speaking of character counts, Zach, there is one thing I'd like to discuss with you. Okay, it's here. Okay. Uh, and this tracks with what we know about you um, in the bathroom. Oh Excuse- <laughs> What's this? <laughs> uh, when we were, uh, we were, we were, you know, we got the text that Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni were heading to the uh, podium. We had to go to the press conference. I, I needed to pee. I was waiting for the bathroom. Uh, and you emerged from the bathroom and I went in after you. And I went in there, Zach. The lid was up. <laughs> yeah, I'm not touching that. That was it was up when I got there. It was up when I left. I wasn't touching the lid. I wasn't touching the lid. <laughs> Zach, that's a communal like intersex bathroom. You have to close the lid. You have to put the lid down. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I, okay. okay. Character counts, Zach. (laughs) Marissa, am I wrong? I I mean, I just can't believe that it's (laughs) 129 in the morning and we're discussing this. But I will say, like a lot of things, I'm kind of in the middle. I am a germaphobe and would not want to touch that. But I would probably use my shoe and use your foot. Yeah. Get a get a paper towel. Yeah, you don't know because who's coming I in would after hate you. If I had to go in there, exactly, and it was up. I hate when I have to go in there and it's up in my. There own are women house, there, let alone in a public place. I mean, respectfully, if we want to get into the bathroom etiquette of the media house at the Nova Care Center, I, I I think that is pretty far down the list relative to the other gripes one could have. Uh, but all right, I I hear you there. I, honestly, I I try to get in and out of that room as <laughs> as quickly and cleanly as, as like um yeah it's not a it's not a good place to be yeah exactly and and from where i'm sitting um like in the room i don't want to spend <laughs> yeah you do it you at zach unfortunately sits directly next to the bathroom uh and those are paper thin walls yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> so he knows what's going on yeah, in there. yeah i mean i could uh, I can I can tell who in that room ate, ate, ate too much chicken and beans on a given night. So um, he's got stories. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but in the future, I think 
in the interest of you know okay your fellow so you people put it down? i think you should put it down okay did you well yes of course i did okay because i have i have compassion for my fellow humans now character uh, counts so now let me well, right. okay don't please don't pull out the character counseling because I, I, I take, <laughs> take a lot of pride in my character i i do have one question here okay okay uh can you well, actually i shouldn't even ask this this question we can ask it off the air no no you, you've started it it's, okay let's go no 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 i'm not gonna ask no go question. ahead come on come on no, I was I was about, in the say, morning. Let's I was about to say, can you account for whether there are only males in the building at that time? But the reason I stopped there is because there are such nice female security guards who were ah, there who, who who go in there. So you are absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. You never know who's coming in. Yeah, exactly. Um, I actually do have a question for Zach. Um, is it P related? No, not to extend this pod longer. Wait, can we have questions um, for Bo, please? Like, like, why do we? No, no, no. This is not a. This is not a. This, this is a question about Bo. Oh, um, wow. Okay. And if people are watching on YouTube, they can see underneath Bo's name. Um, he gave his title tonight, draft tweeter. So I want to know what you thought of Bo's live tweeting of the draft tonight. I found it annoying, honestly. I, I... <laughs> I found it like uh, I found it patronizing, and like I didn't find it to be to be a uh, uh, like a joke. I I found it to be like a mockery as opposed to like a joke and fun. It's an Easter egg for the listeners, the people who stayed up late last yeah, night. Yeah, I didn't find it to be like. Um, listen, listen. You know what, Zach? I, I I'm all about uh, self improvement. You told me that I wasn't tweeting enough and uh, getting out enough information that was relevant to the draft for my followers and so i tried to take your advice <laughs> well you did take my i mean it doesn't have have to be in saying the picks coming there you literally took my advice in that you tweeted out insight about the eagles pick that was direct that was such keen insight that the <laughs> pr department saw your tweet that's not me taking your advice how by wrote, the way and said this might come up in in the press conference. It goes. It's 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 the same way how you're a red star player at the, at the, at the athletic. You're probably frankly a red star reporter inside that building to them as well. It's like, boy, we hate this guy. Let's watch out for this stupid question that's coming your way. Uh, you got a bow tonight. Yeah, you, you got a, a lot of them. Mm -hmm. I I. Yeah, I mean, I still disagree with the entire premise. I'm I'm going to tweet something if I think it's if it's worthwhile. Uh, otherwise, like nobody cares. But the things we talk about at one thirty-four a.m., they really care about, right? Like, it, it, yes, yeah. so, this medium is much different. So, so if if I'm tweeting relevant draft information out to what seventy-five thousand, eighty thousand people, whatever it may oh, be, oh, a follower flex. Um, <laughs> whoa, big uh, for his britches. I don't know what the number is. I got way more followers than you. That's not what I'm saying. 78,000. Okay, 78,000. Okay, so if I'm tweeting that out to 75,000, that's not important. But talking about bathroom habits at 1.34 a.m. on the podcast, that yeah, is pertinent medium. information that the audience needs. Yes, because our listeners are are here for these types of discussions. And I'm telling you, my followers, I can't, I mean, yeah, I can't. Okay, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Mine are not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. My followers are not. Okay. And I like it that way. I don't want, I don't, 
You know how easy it would be to just get get fifty thousand followers by tweeting every Eagles thing. Not not like you. I mean, like uh, like wow. like oh, every here's every transaction. Oh, the Eagles are linked to this guy. Oh oh, like uh uh, like oh my gosh. Uh, what if they're gonna get DeAndre Hopkins? You think this is gonna happen? Like, who's got time for that? I'm trying to live my life and and not be on Twitter as much. Thank, which I'm not good at, but. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have any interest in being, uh, and I don't think anyone's following me for, uh, the Eagles have signed, uh, you know, TKTK. Well, clearly and, not. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so there's other people who do that. Why would they, why do I need to do that? Well, I mean, we can have that conversation at, at, at another point, but yeah, we really don't have to do that at one thirty six a.m. Maybe we save that for a June pot or something. Yeah. Hopefully blue sky will, will invite me soon and I can just leave Twitter altogether. I don't understand the reference. So me neither. It's, yeah. It's like a Twitter shell. <laughs> All right, Zach. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's impossible to predict, but with four uh, picks yeah. tomorrow, are there any positions you have your, uh, your eyes? on? No, I, I think uh, they're going to take more high upside swings. Uh, and Howie kind of, inferred that or implied that rather tonight i think it's it, they have done a really good job in the yeah. sixth and seventh round and when i say high upside swings you're talking your I, I mean jordan my is the example you always look at but like a bryce brown type what um i mean prince tega Winogo was an upside swing when they took it right it didn't necessarily work out but 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 there are um there's different you know i i heard a wes watkins yeah in the sixth round i heard a good interview with with uh with Joe Banner at one point a few years ago where he, he was talking about like success in late rounds. And essentially what he, what he said is, is you, you can't think that, that like you've, you've out evaluated a player. That's like a prominent, you know, uh, a mm. starter at a big 10 school, right? Like, like, like you didn't out evaluate everyone else on, on that. So, so, so you need to find, some type of reason why they're there that that is you know an inefficiency if you will right like well it's like risk tolerance right it's like exactly. trey smith falls yeah to the sixth round yeah and because everybody knows he's got this heart condition yep. but are we willing to exactly. are we willing to take that risk that's the point in the sixth round probably right yeah like, jalen yeah. mills in the seventh round was an example of that right like is there is there a mitigating factor that is causing them or is there uh, either a small school player or um, and the small school thing has has changed quite a bit in, in recent years. But like a player who who plays a different sport, you know, they took they took Jeremy they took Jeremy Bloom at one point. It, it didn't work out, but that's you know when they took Jordan Mailata, Bryce Brown was this big recruit who basically didn't play college football because of all this stuff going on. So uh, yeah, so I I thought that was an astute observation. I I, I think that's the type of of uh, approach they might take. And then in the undrafted market, uh, you kind of focus sometimes on players who had production but but don't have traits. You know, T.J. Edwards, Reed Blankenship, those are examples of some success they've had on the undrafted market. And Howie had an interesting nugget tonight where he said that they give out bonuses the following year to this was really interesting scouts or position yeah. coaches for undrafted players that they signed. So they'll have who bonuses. made the roster? Yes, who made the roster? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Wow, that is interesting. Yeah, so it is it is bonus day, and he said that. And Nick said, "Why did they pay him a year later?" Right, which is a good question. And how he said maybe it should collect interest. He mentioned three percent, so it depends, you know, 
what bank you're yeah, going they, to. They should do that at the, I mean, I imagine the reason they do that is because it's like when everybody's together and you're getting yeah. excited about the draft, yeah. you could do it in the beginning of the draft process, right? When everyone's together, it might be a nice kickoff to the draft season. Or because sometimes you carry a guy in the 53 and then you cut him the next day. And so what's, what's the, mm. they probably need a guy like Bo in there to come up with the fine rules for the game to determine, <laughs> right? you know, you need to spend X amount of days. I would love to do that. You spend yeah, that X sounds days great. The 53. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think just just generally speaking, um, I'd like to see I'd like to see a linebacker who could, you know, compete mm -hmm. uh, to play. Like you know, Nicholas Morrow is no great shakes. I think we sort of expect that they may add a, a veteran there at some point. But uh, I like I would kind of like to see like a like a TJ Edwards type as opposed to you know a Davion Taylor type. Like not betting on the traits, betting on a guy who has played and hoping that that could that could play at the next level. Like Ivan Pace. Isaiah Moore, uh, Cam Sims, is that his name from Indiana? Um, uh, I would like to see a wide receiver or a running back. So, you know, some swing on a uh, an offensive weapon. You probably would like to see a corner. And I don't know who, who you, you see how, yeah, how, how the board falls. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I would also say to Eagles fans, check out the depth charts of teams that drafted players these past two days uh and because you'll you'll find guys who are odd men out like we the deandre swift name has has already come up but but this is when you can see guys become available because someone was drafted who's going to get playing time and there's a fourth year bless you marissa, bless you, marissa. there's a fourth year player going into the final year of his contract and they're willing to trade him to, to open up playing time for somebody else so so that is is certainly something to monitor at linebacker uh potentially wide receiver you know we'll see all right good stuff guys mm -hmm. we made it through we made it through the mud it's only one only one pod left so for zach and his seventy-eight thousand followers and marissa I'm Bo. We thank you for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow as we wrap up the Eagles 2023 draft. As always, thanks for watching and good luck.